Combat Sports fans, it's time for another great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I am your host, Jeremy the Impact York. I want to welcome you guys in. We are trying to keep as regular a schedule as possible, but it is a major, major monster of a week. Here at Impact Media, we got stuff going everywhere. We got some new stuff I want to debut very, very soon. You guys will be seeing in some of the videos we do. Uh, it's going to be fun. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. But this is uh, this is a fun week. I mean, stuff we got to talk about. UFC 285. We got to talk about Impact Wrestling's No Surrender. We got to talk about PFL Challenge Week 6. We got to talk about AEW Revolution. And that's just stuff we have to go over and review. What about stuff we get to preview, like PFL Challenger Series number 7 this Friday, or also this Friday, Bellator 292. NXT Roadblock was this past Tuesday, but we're going to go over it. We're going to go over the... Um, we're going to preview the card, basically. Uh, UFC Fight Night is this Saturday. There's all that to go on, plus we got some big stuff that happened in New Japan. We've got big stuff that happened everywhere, all over every organization that we cover here at Impact Media. But first, I want to tell you how you can be a part of the show. Here's how you can be a part of this very show. At some point, uh, we will uh, we'll start doing some live things, and I, I hope you guys enjoy those. Um... You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, Strong Style, Jeremy York, any of those to do it. If you are so inclined to just click a link and listen to a show, you can go to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media, and... Just click on the appropriate link, listen to it as many times as you want. There's no cap on it. And if you want to follow myself for show-related links and things and other non-related things, as I said uh, a couple weeks ago, was able to go check out Putt Shack. If you're in the Atlanta area, definitely go do that. Uh, I had a rugby game last weekend. You guys seem to really enjoy the interviews we did there. This weekend, we will be at Top Golf. Alpharetta. Uh, I will be at a private event, by the way, so if you see me there, you can stop me if you want. Uh, sh should be fine. But we'll be the one in Alpharetta, I believe. But uh, even though it's a private event, if you see me and want to say hello, please come do so. Love to meet you guys, and it will not be a problem. And if it is, I'll take care of it, I promise you. I'll take care of you guys. You guys are my listeners. Um, at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram is how you can find me at all those places and find out the fun stuff we are doing uh, coming up. There will be a rugby game next weekend. Oh, the Georgia State football spring game will be tomorrow night, so we'll be doing some fun content on all the pages for that as well. I think you guys will enjoy some of the stuff I have cooking up. And as always, you can find us anywhere there is a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store. If you want to leave us a rating and review on all those uh, or contact us any of those ways, I promise you that more than likely I will be the one to respond to you. Definitely appreciate that. As I said, there is so much to get into, so let's start right there at the beginning. Let's start with UFC 285. John Jones versus Cyril Gaunt. My description of this fight and its outcome will probably be longer than the fight. And this is this is no knock on Cyril Gaunt. Uh, a lot of people said, oh, he, he wasn't the guy that should have been in there. Um, I, I think he's, he's done enough to more than qualify to be in there. So let's give Cyril his due. Um, some people say maybe the light, he wasn't ready for the, the lights to be that bright. That's possible. 
because he was very disappointed in himself. Um, I don't think it has to do with his lack of wrestling training or anything fun like that. Um, no, I, I think John has been training for this moment for the last three years. Cyril, Cyril Gon did not know this moment was going to happen until a couple months ago. He knew he was going to be um, up for possibly an interim, things like that. He wanted to fight uh, Francis Ngannou. Stipe Miocic also wanted to fight Ngannou. And Ngannou took his ball and went home. So that's not going to happen. John Jones, of course, your winner. Submission. It was uh, the guillotine choke. Two minutes and four seconds into the fight. So here's what happened. Uh, Cyril Gon didn't didn't land a strike on John Jones, not officially. So here, so uh, Jones was uh, wanting to stand on the feet, and uh, Cyril Gon decided maybe he didn't want to necessarily keep trying to do that. Uh, he was able to. Uh, he tried to fend off John Jones. John Jones found the takedown. It was offered to him, pinned him up against the cage and uh, got the guillotine choke on there. Um, what little bit we saw, John Jones looked good. John Jones looked pretty good. He looked like the John Jones of of uh, of past. He, um, you know, there's not a lot I can say. He looked good at that weight. Looks like he is going to be able to. I think he's going to be a good heavyweight. He's obviously got Stipe coming up. That's going to be International Fight Week, according to Stipe. Uh, it's he's already he's already in on his side. He's just waiting on John to officially uh, sign on. But he, he doesn't see if that's going to be a problem. Like I said. Not much to say. John took advantage of, of the situation that was given him, and uh, if Cyril Gon could do it again, I think he would fight slightly different. But, um, you know, get another win or so, and he could be right back in the mix. And we'll see what happens with Stipe and John Jones coming up in, was that June? June or July. I could definitely see that. Uh, probably more fireworks were in the co-main event as Valentina Bullet Shevchenko defended the women's flyweight title against upcoming uh, budding superstar Alexa Grasso. I'm not going to take credit for this because I said at some point somebody is going to beat Valentina. I thought it would be the next contender. I did not think it would be Alexa Grasso. I thought she would put up a good effort. Did not see that coming. But four and a half minutes into round number four, Valentina Shevchenko. Now, it's it's called, are they officially calling it a rear naked choke? They can call it that, but it, she was not around the throat. So, I mean, it was, she was putting a lot of pressure on her face and her, and a little bit of her neck, but mostly the face and the, And, and the jaw, because uh, once you can see the, the, the color rushing to parts of Valentina's face and rushing away from other parts. And uh, she had to tap. A lot of people said, well, she'd hung on another 30 seconds. Well, she didn't know she had 30 seconds. When you're in that situation, you, uh, you, you make the best decision you can. Congratulations, though, to Alexa Grasso. She was definitely more than holding her own in the fight. A lot of, you know, most sometimes in these situations you go, oh, she was down three one. She had to do something. I don't know that she was down three one. I think this thing was um, on its way to being two two. But uh, she was able. She was waiting on uh, Valentina to do a couple things. Valentina tried to do that spinning kick, and when she tried to do the spinning kick, Alexa Grasso just pounced on her back, and she had her. She she said she had been training for that. She knew she was going to try some of the spin kicks and um, so when she did she tried some of the spinning attacks she had her she was waiting on it 
Congratulations to Atlanta uh, uh, to Alexa Grasso. Valentina said uh, she would like the immediate rematch. We'll see. But keep this in mind. Let me see if I can find that photo that I saw. It uh, was, there it is. In consecutive months so far in the UFC, you have Brandon Moreno, who won the UFC title, the world title, in January. Yair Rodriguez wins one in February. Alexa Grasso wins one in March. What do they all have in common? How about Viva Mexico? These are all Mexican fighters. Mexico is on fire in 2023. It is the year of Mexico so far. So congratulations to all of them. How outstanding is that? That's that's just amazing. Congratulations to Alexa. Valentina is is uh, she's going to regroup. She's whether she gets a rematch right now or not. She's going to be ready to go next time around. She's going to be scary, scary. Maybe this is the fire that that wakes her up a little bit. Maybe she had defended so many times she she uh, took little things for granted, or or maybe she just got outfought. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes a matchup. But uh, good for Alexa. Uh, in the third fight, Shavkat Rachmanov defeated Jeff Neal by rear naked choke. Uh, four minutes into round number three, Rokmanov, Rokmanov was, uh, he, he was winning that fight. Uh, Jeff Deal was trying a lot of stuff, but, uh, let's think about this. Shavkat is 17-0 with 17 finishes. Yeah. And Jeff Neal, I believe, had a number next to his name, so Shavkat is probably number, what, seven or eight now. He probably takes that spot. Moves everybody down. Uh, Rachmanov is going to be, or he, he is, he is a force and he is a beast. And he is going to be probably in a top five fight soon. Which means if he wins that top five fight, title shot is probably somewhere on the horizon. Uh, Shavkat is an amazing fighter. Now Jeff Neal is too. Let's, let's give Jeff Neal his props. But he... He got outworked in this one, and it was not for lack of effort. It was just Rachmanov was ready to take this, and he took it. So uh, good for him on that. Uh, a couple more fights on the main card. Uh, Matush Gamrot gets the split decision win over Jalen Turner. I'm okay with that. Uh, Gamrot, I think, did just a little more. You know, I, I had it probably 55-45 in this fight that Gamrot had done 55% more or fi had controlled 55% of the fight Jalen Turner with, with 45 I don't have a problem with the split decision um, Gamrot basically got benefit of the doubt which was nice but uh, this was a really good fight I don't remember if I got a bonus or not but uh, Jalen Turner will rebound and he will have another big fight coming up soon and Gamrot continues to climb that ladder. And then finally, uh, Jamie Pickett loses to by arm triangle to uh, Bo Nickel. Uh, Bo Nickel, this was uh, almost three minutes into the fight, and uh, he had to work for it a little bit. Jamie Pickett did not just lay down like, uh, like people thought, but in the end, Bo Nickel was able to uh, use his abilities to set up uh, the arm triangle. I think he was trying to win by the arm triangle. I think that was his goal. Because I think there was a couple other spots where he could have uh, maybe used strikes or set up some other stuff. But I don't think he is quite ready there yet. Uh, they still need to slow build this guy. I know he opened up the pay-per-view card, which means you, you can't really go down from there. Especially on a pay-per-view. So, man, you... You, he probably needs to face at least two more people outside the top 15 before you start having him face people with numbers next to their name. Uh, but Bo Nickel could be that prospect that, um, that, that they think he is. 
I, I really believe so. Good for the kid. He is really good. And he is worth the hype. And, you know, good on Pickett for making him work for it. But uh, in the end, it is Bo Nickel that goes to 4-0, and gets the submission. There's still a lot of stuff I think he's going to work on, but to be four fights in and to finish people as fast as he is, uh, the kid's got some pretty good chops. And uh, I'm just going to go through winners. Shout out to Cardi Garbrandt for unanimous decision win. Drikas Duplessis with the uh, with the TKO. Amanda Hibas with the unanimous decision. TKO for Mark andre Barol. Ian Gary, fantastic by the way. TKO victory there. Cameron Salmon, majority decision win. Tabitha Rishi with a submission win. I believe that was uh, she. She had the armbar. That's a beautiful armbar, by the way. Uh, Farid Basharat with unanimous decision and unanimous decision for uh, Loic Radzabov. Uh, just that that card was completely loaded. Like on paper, that card is a nine. I think it was a nine and a half by the time they all performed. Everybody performed in that one. Let's stay on the UFC to preview this week's UFC Fight Night. Peter Yan versus Marab Davashili. What a monster fight, by the way. As in a bantamweight. Uh, Peter Yan, a minus 250 favorite. Marab Davashili at a plus 205. I like Peter Yan. I like Marab, too. Uh, Peter Yan is a uh, more than solid fighter. Uh, I believe the whole card is ESPN+. Plus. I already am, yeah, ESPN+. Plus. I knew you guys were going to ask me that. Uh, Peter Yan's record speaks for itself, 16-4. and four. His, his track record, the, the things he does, fantastic fighter. Marab has really been putting on a show in uh, the, the past few months as well. I'm going to go Marab on this one on the plus 205 if you want to take that bet. If you don't, that's totally cool too. Uh, we'll talk about who maybe you should take that bet with here in a minute. But uh, I will take Marab over Peter Yan. I feel like Marab... Um, let's see, Marab... I mean, Marab likes to go to decision, but I feel like he's going to try to, uh, he's going to probably try to get the TKO in this one, and I, I think he should try. I don't know if you can knock out Peter Yan. I, uh, you can maybe try to get a stoppage, but uh, more than likely, I bet you this goes all five rounds, and I give that advantage to Marab Devishvili. The co-main event, Alexander Volkov is taking on Alexander Romanov. Or is it Romanov? I think it's Romanov. These two heavyweights, it's going to be King Kong versus Godzilla. That it is two heavyweights who are just going to throw those cinder block hands at each other. Uh, it's a minus 155 for Romanov or Romanov. Volkov with a plus 130. That's pretty close to being split. Um, the Battle of the Alexanders. Man, this is tough. I think take uh, Romanov. I'm going to take Romanov, the, the slight favorite. You get Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. This is a catchweight. I think this was one that was supposed to happen in January and didn't quite pan out that way. It happens. But uh, it's going to be a catchweight. Uh, Krylov minus 170 plus 145 for Ryan Spann. I will take the key to Krylov. I think they're going to want to keep this one on the feet as much as possible and throw hands and uh, kicks if they get the chance. And uh, I think Krylov is going to come out the victor in that one. Ricardo Ramos, a minus 360 favorite over Austin Lingo, who is a plus. 280 in the featherweight division. Look, this is what's crazy. Austin Lingo's 9 and 1. Ricardo Ramos is 16 and 4. And yet he's a heavy favorite. 
just for the sake of it, I'm going to say take Austin Lingo in the plus 280 because you can make a little bit more ducats than uh, at, uh, and then if you go with Ramos. I'm going to go with the upset with Austin Lingo. Just, uh, I don't know, wild here. That's my crazy one. I don't know if you want to follow my suggestion or not, but I'm just going to go with it. And then Saeed Nurmagomedov in the Bantamweight division is going to face Jonathan Martinez. Martinez a plus 200, a minus 240 for Saeed. Jonathan Martinez, man, he is he is looking to uh, smash that ceiling that, uh, that people uh, think the smaller fighters can't get through. And being Saeed would definitely do that. However, I think Saeed Nurmagomedov is uh, going to find a, a way to end this fight and get a uh, and stay away from the decisions. He's gonna he's gonna try to find um, he's gonna try to f find a way to end this fight just as soon as he possibly can. But uh, that's the main card. Um, check your local listings plus with ESPN Plus. So uh, see if you can figure out. Um, when all the festivities will start. I believe it is a mid-afternoon one, but um, we will find out. Is there a way? Do we know? Ah, there we go. Prelims are going to start at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 6 p.m. is the main card. Uh super big fight. I mean, there's a lot of other people. David Grant's fighting on this card. Josh Frim. Uh, Mario Batista. J.J. Aldrich. Tony Gravely. Uh, that's a big favorite of some friends of this show. Jared Gooden. There's a lot of big people on this one. Make sure to check it out. Absolutely. Make sure to check it out. Let's go with PFL. PFL Week number six, this was the Featherweights down at Universal Studios in Florida. They are doing a fantastic job down there, by the way. Uh, your fights, you had um, Zercher versus Evans. That's, uh, I think it's Brian is how you say that, but it's like Braun. Brian? I'm going to say Braun. Zercher against David Evans. Zercher gets the win in uh, in this one. He uh, he had more strikes landed and thrown. Um, he he just he he had the advantage of uh, of this particular fight, and uh, he did a spectacular job. So he Zercher moves to the the uh, the vote basically. You know, because it's the fan vote and it's the judges' vote, and if Ray Seppo has to step in and be the tiebreaker, then he will. Um, spoiler alert: it did not go to Ray. But uh, fight number two, fight number two was Nathan Kelly versus Zachary Hicks. Nathan Kelly gets uh, his second first round finish. In the smart cage, you know, I thought he had fought before. Uh, first round submission for him in that one, and uh, fantastic, by the way. I don't think I told you how Zercher won. Anyway, uh, fight number three. Screen's not wanting to scroll for me there. It was Ago Huskik versus Gabriel Braga. I swear I've heard of these guys. Your winner. And that one was uh, Braga. And in the last fight, you get Vikas Singh Ruil versus James Gonzalez. 
Gonzalez ends up the winner there. So it came down to Gonzalez, Braga, Kelly, and Zercher. And I believe it was a clean sweep. Brian Zercher gets signed to the PFL in the featherweight division. Congratulations to him on that and another successful week for the PFL Challenger Series. Not to be outdone. We move on to week number seven. They've only got seven and eight. And then starts, then there's like a week off or so, and then the regular season starts, I believe, in Vegas. Uh, week number seven, that is the heavyweights. That's, that's going to be, man, these are, these are monsters right here that are going to be going at each other. Uh, fight number one, you're going to get Impa Kasangane versus Osama El Sadi. That's going to be a really fun fight. Oh, this is light heavyweights. I had that backwards. These are light heavyweights. I was wondering. I saw the size of one of these guys. Man, that doesn't make any sense. These are light heavyweights. You're also going to get Taylor Johnson versus Trey Williams. Tristan Overvig uh, versus Billy Alenkana. And lastly, you are going to get Monty Morrison versus Roland Dunlap. That's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. Do we know who the panel is at this juncture? We do not know who the panel is going to be at this point. That's okay. Let's see if we... Well, maybe we do. Oh, there we go. We did have it. Week 7 panel. You're going to get Tim Kennedy by remote. You're going to get Tyron Woodley. Boy, he's really starting to get into his judging thing. And you're going to get the natural Randy Couture. If those guys can't determine who's going to win, I don't know who can that's uh, as far as lightweights or light heavyweights I mean it, is there a better three to do it I, I can't I can't think of them but uh, that's gonna be just absolutely spectacular I can't wait to see how the uh, Challenger series goes we'll be watching along as much as we can on Friday but uh, let's get into some Bellator Bellator 2.92. This one is going to be amazing. Defending the lightweight world title. Usman Nurmagomedov in his perfect 16-0 record against the ageless wonder. The veteran. Benson Henderson, who is 30 and 11. Benson has the ability to take Usman into deep waters, they say. He has the ability to give him a matchup that is not ideal. He's going to make him work for it. Uh, I do think Usman has the advantage. I do... I do think Usman will probably win, but I think, I really think that uh, the Dagestani is really going to be pushed to his limits. Now, he does have the eight TKOs and the five submissions. I don't know if he's going to knock out Benson Henderson. A submission, it's kind of 50-50. I think this goes to a decision. We'll see, but uh, I got Usman or Megamedov in this one. Where are they fighting? They are fighting at, I think it's San Jose this week. San Jose, California at the SAP Center. Yep, that's what I thought. Uh, and not to be outdone, you think Usman or Megamedov versus Benson Henderson's big. Here's the co-main event. Tofik uh, Musayev. 
as part of the lightweight world grand prix is going to face alexander uh Shabley. i may not be able to say their names as uh, as great as most people but i will tell you right now that these two are going to put on a show these two are going to put it all out there um i think Tafik has a slight advantage but if Alexander wants to try to end this on the feet, maybe he can. Well, let's kind of hope he does. That'd be kind of fun. Um, Valentin Moldovsky is going to face Linton Vassell in a heavyweight feature fight. Uh, Moldovsky, I believe, has a slight advantage. Looks like the fan vote is pretty split by what I am looking at. Um, the thing is, Moldovsky tends to get a lot of decision wins, and he's lost a couple decisions. Uh, he's only ended four of his 13 fights, and three of those were submission. Linton, on the other hand, Linton, on the other hand, for one, he's fought 30 times as opposed to 13. Uh, he's ended 17 of those, so he's ended about half of them. Now he's he's gotten knocked out. He's got he's been submitted, and he's lost a couple decisions. Uh, there's the no contest, but that's a whole different story. Uh, Moldovsky may have the slight advantage, but I'm gonna say take Linton Vassell in this one. I think his the fact that he's fought almost or more than twice as much. I think that that, uh, that veteran experience is going to help him. I think it is going to be decision, but I think Linton Vassell is going to win. Then we get to see Michael Venom Page. It's not very knuckle fighting in this one. He's part of the welterweight feature matchup here with Goidi Yamuchi. This one's hard because who's not a fan of MVP? But Yamuchi is a fan fantastic fighter fantastic fighter I do think Michael Venom Page is going to find a way to get it done um, this may be decision as well because I don't think Gordy is an easy one to take out uh, but I will take MVP in that one They've, that's just the main card uh, but Friday night go to the you can go to the Bellator app the website um, I think Fight TV may be carrying this one Showtime has it. Yep, Showtime is actually going to have it starting at 10 o'clock. But uh, should be, I mean, think about all the fighting right there, you know. We talked UFC 285. We talked uh, PFL Challenger Series 6, PFL Challenger Series 7, UFC Fight Night on Saturday, Bellator 295 on Friday. I mean, just so much fighting this weekend that uh, it's uh, just going to be outstanding. But... That's going to do it for all the fighting. We're going to take a short break and tell you about our friends at betonline.net. And when we get back, we'll be into the world of professional wrestling right here on Strong Style. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. For all your betting and wagering needs, they also have articles and the uh, podcast that just make you a better, more informed fan. And uh, make sure to tell them that your friends at Impact Media sent you. They love to hear that, and we love to hear from them that uh, you told them that. So for the first part of the show, talking about UFC, PFL, and Bellator. My goodness, there's so much going on. Each of them have events this Friday or Saturday. Uh, go check those out for sure. Um, let's get into 
let's talk a little Impact Wrestling No Surrender. Let's talk about it first. They had that event uh, the other day, and it was the aftermath that uh, they dealt with this week on the show. They had a couple uh, pretty good things going on with it, but um, the fallout from it, I think, is what is going to be more important. Uh, it, it was interesting that Giselle Shaw defeated Deanna Perrazzo. Uh as part of the pre-show or whatever it was, or the opening thing. But um, it tells me that more than likely Deanna could be going back to WWE at some point soon. I think Taya Valkyrie is one that uh, could be heading back there as well. But, uh, you know, good win for Giselle Shaw. Like I said, I, I've been following her for a couple of years since uh, she was at WOW Women of Wrestling. But, um, you know, good solid win. Jonathan Gresham defeated Mike Bailey, but this was a, uh, it was the match that I thought it would be. Jonathan Gresham can probably out, out-wrestle anybody on the planet, and Mike Bailey has... has a lot of uh, just really innovative moves and, and he's a different kind of wrestler and I, and I very much uh, I very much like him but uh, Jonathan Gresham man uh, right here out of Atlanta he is so much fun to watch and uh, it was weird that he got a roll up win but uh, it, it worked for, for what they were doing and that was a pre all the pre-show stuff I believe um, Kaz, Frankie Kazarian defeated Khan with uh, the design. They had Diener and Angels down there in Callahan. Um, good win for Kaz. I, 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 unless he's going to start taking on these guys, I, I don't. I think this was just another filler match, which they uh, tend to like to put a lot of. Then we go to the Knockouts World Tag Team Championship. The Death Dolls. Uh, Jessica and Taya end up winning. They beat Allison Kay and Marty Bell. Hex. So why'd you bring them in? Why bring in a team that's supposed to, you know, be the demons versus the good side if you just run slap over them? Uh, don't know. It just um, baffles me. In a match I was looking forward to, in a dot combat match for the Digital Media Championship, your digital media champion Joe Hendry took on Moose. Joe Hendry defeated Moose. Uh, the the spot with the VR headset was really funny, by the way. And then when we we saw what was on the VR headset of of dancing at the club and and uh, Moose showing that he can be goofy when he wants to be, and that and that's a side we didn't always see. Uh, kind of like when Big E stopped being so serious and started doing the New Day stuff, we got to see that he actually is a really fun person. And uh, that, that was pretty interesting. But uh, good for Joe Hendry. Like I said, I believe in Joe Hendry. I think you should too. Uh, Steve Macklin took on Brian Myers and Heath and PCO in a four-way number one contenders match. As predicted, Steve Macklin is your number one contender. Um, it's kind of like a UFC thing where just how many number one contenderships can Steve Macklin get before he finally gets that straight-up title shot? And he maybe he's the one to beat Josh Alexander because he's one of the few who haven't had a straight-up chance. He's been in multi-man matches and things like that, but if not, maybe Macklin should follow his, uh, his better half, Deanna Perrazzo, wherever she ends up. Uh, Time Machine, otherwise known as Motor Shooting Machine Guns and Kushida, 
took on the Bullet Club of Kenta, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay. Bullet Club ends up with the win in this one, which is uh, fantastic, by the way. And a small tidbit after that is on this week's Impact Wrestling. Ace Austin and Chris Bay of the Bullet Club were able to win the World Tag Team Championships from the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, it was not underhanded. It was a fantastic match, by the way. If you get a chance to go back and watch that, definitely go do that. Congratulations to Ace and Chris Bay on that. I like them as tag champs. I actually like them better than Motor City Machine Guns as far as being the champs right now. And uh, they did a fantastic job. And I kind of hope Kenta and his new hairstyle uh, stick around a little bit. I don't know how long he'll be around, but uh, Kenta is a great talent. Who another talent that was wasted in WWE has done fantastic stuff in New Japan, uh, some stuff for Ring of Honor now for Impact. Um, you know that that open forbidden door has uh, been a really fantastic thing. In the Knockouts World Championship, Mickey James was able to beat Masha Slamovich once again. They built up Masha and then they've just had her just basically job out for the world title twice now. Um, don't know. Slamovich is really, really good. I understand Mickey is close to hanging it up, but uh, why are we putting over Mickey James and squashing one of your new young talents? Makes no sense. I don't get it. And then Josh Alexander predictably beats Rich Swan. Pretty good match. Swan's a good competitor. He really puts on a good show, but in no way whatsoever did I ever think that Josh was in any way going to lose his belt. Not a rich one, and uh, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, so while we are at it, while we are talking about past events, let's go to AEW Revolution. AEW Revolution. Uh, fun show. Fun show that I think lived up to majority of the billing, and that of course is. Uh, when they started with Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers. Kind of weird. Where's Pac? Or Pac, however you want to say it. Um, maybe he's having visa issues again or he's injured again. I don't know. But um, they're usually part of a trio. I do like they at least use Mark Briscoe. I want him to do a lot more things. They're going to have to figure out the tag team title situation because he is still one half of that. And he still has a belt. Um, but either way, the Lucha Brothers and Mark Briscoe defeated Ari Davari and what's called the Varsity Athletes, Tony Nese and Josh Woods. They got to do better than that. But a uh, good match. Josh Woods, very good. Tony Nese, very polished. Ari Davari might be better than his uh, older brother, Sean. And. Uh, Anytime a Briscoe or a Lucha Brother, or anytime Mark Briscoe or a Lucha Brother is in a match, you should watch it. It's about 10 plus minutes of uh, pretty solid stuff. Um, Ricky Starks, of course, beat Chris Jericho, especially when the JAS are all not allowed at ringside. Chris Jericho is clearly in the twilight of his career, putting over the younger talent that deserves it, and he's not afraid to do that. Uh, as some people did for him to help him. Ricky Starks, I want him to, uh, not MJF, not yet. He's a couple matches away from being that challenger. Jack Perry defeated Christian Cage in a final burial match. I think it's basically, I, I just, I don't know. These kind of goofy matches are weird, but a solid match from Jack and Christian. Uh, once again, Christian is is uh, helping build up Jack Perry, and he's doing a fantastic job. And Jack is somebody you can really form a company around, I believe. Him and, and Ricky Starks and MJF and, and Darby Allen. I don't know Sammy Guevara anymore, but at least those other four, I, I would put a lot of stock in. The House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King with, of course, the lovely and talented Julia Hart. They are the new trios champions as they defeat Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, otherwise known as the Young Bucks. We all knew at some point they were going to lose the belts. 
Uh, I think it is awesome that it was to the House of Black. The House of Black is champions of any kind. Should scare the rest of the roster because how are you ever going to beat that trio? It's going to take something special. Uh, but congratulations to them on the big win. Jamie Hayter defeated Soraya and Ruby Soho to win a three-way match for the Women's Championship. And then Ruby joined with Tony Storm and Soraya to form this little triad that beat the crap out of uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter. This pretty much opens the door since they are now the faces that a returning Chris Statlander or other... That's probably who it's going to be. Can join those, and you get a three versus three battle that uh, should be really fun. I really thought it would have been a good shot to give Ruby a title there, but because they're swinging her over to the dark side, um, it just makes a lot more sense that uh, Jamie Hayter retains. Hangman Adam Page wins a Texas death match versus John Moxley. Actually, wins it by, by submission, which was impressive. But, um, once again, this is Moxley who doesn't need to win this match to come out on top. Adam Page needed the boost, and to have a Texas Deathmatch win over John Moxley, that helps put Adam Page back. I mean, maybe he takes on MJF somewhere down the road. Him or Starks, if they build up Starks a little more, him or Starks are people who could beat MJF and I think are acceptable for that. You can't just have any random person do it because MJF... Um, We'll get to him in a minute. And spoiler alert, he, he did pretty well. Uh, Wardlow. There's a fun tidbit on this one. Wardlow defeats Samoa Joe by a technical submission. Whatever. For the AEW TNT Championship. So congratulations, Wardlow. And then now there's the story that somebody broke into his rental car. So all his wrestling gear, including the TNT Championship that he is supposed to defend on tonight's broadcast. I'm sure they have a backup belt, by the way, or something. Uh, Samojo had a funny line about, about uh, that maybe he knew something about it, even though he doesn't. But um, good for Wardlow. And uh, this just makes it where Samojo can go to Ring of Honor and defend the t TV title. And Wardlow can bring the TNT Championship back here. And we'll see what they do with it from there. With Wardlow's new look and all, I see him with a slightly decent run with the TNT t title before he's going to drop it to somebody. But, um, you know, good for all involved here. The Guns, Austin and Colton, defeat the acclaimed Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. And, of course, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, who stepped in for the best friends who are both not medically cleared. Four-way tag team match for the belt. This, the Guns win, it makes sense. Of all the title changes they did, the Guns need to retain or it would have all been for nothing. I like the acclaim. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I liked everybody involved in this match, but it just made the most sense for the Guns to retain. Um and maybe get at least one more defense out before you move the belts to somebody else. But overall, good match to have such a weird mix of teams in it. But uh, I thought it was really good. And then finally, MJF defeats Brian Danielson 4-3 in sudden death overtime in a 60-plus minute Iron Man match for the uh, AEW World Championship. Uh, Danielson went up one to nothing after a pinfall, after a big knee. Then MJF was disqualified after he attacked uh, Danielson with a low blow, so he was down two to nothing. MJF gets a, uh, a roll-up victory to make it two to one, ties it up two to two uh, with another pinfall, goes up three to two. After uh, the Heat Seeker, Danielson gets the submission win with the Regal Stretch. Uh, and then MJF gets him in a LaBelle Lock, which is his own move. Um, I hope Danielson was okay with that because uh, I can see where he wouldn't be. But overall, this card was fantastic, by the way. And it just, it more than lived up 
to the hype. More than lived up to the hype of uh, everything that we thought it was going to be. Uh, AEW had some some uh, stuff on TV, but it all just led up to the pay-per-view, so no real reason to go over a lot of it. But uh, good, solid show. Good, solid show. And I look forward to seeing what they do on tonight's broadcast. Let's go to Raw. Um, wasn't ever, ever, they're, they're building a WrestleMania, so there's just... They're not even tying up loose ends yet. Uh, it was a really good match between Ashka and Carmella. I thought that was a really, really good match because uh, nothing personal Carmella, but skill-wise, Ashka is off the charts, and Carmella is, is good. She's actually really good. But uh, you didn't know much of a difference because these two put on a heck of a show real early in the night. Um, looks like Rollins versus Logan Paul is going to be a thing at WrestleMania. That should be fun. Actually, Lashley versus Elias was a really good match, even though Lashley won. Um, they need to put Boogs and Elias together just as soon as possible, and you, you could you could have the music connection. You could have all kinds of uh, all kinds of things you can do there. I think they could be the next big tag team. Good win by Johnny Gargano over Otis. And uh, congratulations to the new women's tag team champions as Lita and Becky Lynch with Trish in their corner defeated EO, Sky, and Dakota Kai with Bailey in their corner for the tag team championships. Uh, really good match, really good match. It came down to Lita being able to uh, do a, her classic moonwalk, uh, moonwalk, not moonwalk, uh, moonsault for the win over, I believe it was EO. But uh, that's going to set up some fun stuff coming on through the future. I would see that the rematch is probably going to be at WrestleMania. Uh, Dakota is still a little banged up. I think Bailey is as well. I could see Bailey versus Trish at WrestleMania, which would be really good. And Lita and Becky versus Io and Kai for the rematch, I think would be really, really good. On SmackDown, <laughs> uh, Cody confronted Roman, and Roman called off all of his uh, bloodline people, the ones that are left. Uh, Cody versus Roman, if they build it right, and they're really, really starting to build it right, could be one of the biggest WrestleMania matches in uh, the last handful of years for sure. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan had a really good match. Rhea, of course, wins. She needs all the momentum she can get as she's going to face Charlotte at WrestleMania again. But this uh, this is a different Rhea Ripley than the last time they faced. So uh, th that's, that match may steal the card. Um... Wasn't a lot else. Uh, Lashley got confronted with with uh, Uncle Howdy, and Uncle Howdy actually attacked him, and then Lashley dropped him, and then he disappeared. Uh, so Lashley and Bray should be a lot of fun, and I think very soon we're going to find out who Uncle Howdy is. Pretty sure it's Bray's brother, but we will see. That's both Dallas, by the way. And Sami Zayn lost to Solo Sokoa, but uh, really, really good match. We go to, um, do we want to talk NXT? We could talk NXT, but how about we preview Roadblock? Because NXT Roadblock is uh, what happened on Tuesday. And here is the preview for that. Alright, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody here, but uh, Tony D'Angelo took on uh, Donovan Dijak in a jailhouse street fight. Now Stax Lorenzo was down there as well. Uh, Braun Breaker and the Creed Brothers took on 
Indus Shur, which was uh, Jinder Mahal, Sangha, and Veer Mahan. Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane. That should be a lot of fun. I'm not going to give you guys predictions because you've either seen it at this point or I'm looking at the spoilers, so I, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Uh, Joe Gacy took on Andre Chase uh, with their entourages near them. And Roxanne Perez took on Miko Sadamura for the NXT Women's Championship. And uh, we will tell you guys all the results and break that down next week. But, uh, you know, for all the big fighting that was going on, uh, NXT Roadblock has a loaded card as well and uh I, i'll throw this tidbit from last week uh tiffany stratton even though she, she had a good match with katana chance um tiffany stratton i think is going to be a big star very very soon maybe by summer uh she is uh going to be challenging for the world title very very soon and i think uh i think she's got money written all over her. that's uh that's my pick i know I probably said it before, but uh, I'm a big Stratton fan. I've, I've seen the evolution of her over the last year, and I think she is ready for some big moments. I don't know if that means titles, but I don't necessarily know if it doesn't mean that. Uh, moving on, though. I believe that only leaves us with what this show is called. Here comes the Monet. And we will get into that in just a second because the first part of New Japan was a multi-man match that included some Impact Wrestling people as well as Mascara Dorado, Josh Alexander, uh, I forgot the other guy's name, is it Reco? Something like that, and Adrian Quest. Or no, it was uh, uh, Rocky Romero. That's who it was. It was Rocky. Can't read my own writing. Took on Kushida. DKC, which is a young talent. Another big talent, Kevin Knight and Volodar. Kevin Knight ends up with the win over Adrian Quest. But uh, more importantly, Josh Alexander got put in the hoverboard lock by Kushida. And he... He was uh, he was not in a good place. He was not in a good place. Those two are going to face off very, very soon for the Impact Wrestling title. I don't think Kushida's going to win, but I think he's going to start showing some chinks in the armor of Josh Alexander. Now, why is this called Here Comes the Monet? Because Kari defended her women's title, her New Japan women's title, against Mercedes Monet. I think she's calling herself Mercedes Money now. I'll keep saying Monet. Uh, used to be Sasha Banks. That should help a lot of you guys out. And your winner and new, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think that means the uh, NWJP or something like that. Uh, women's champion, Mercedes Monet. And it's like this. Every time I've tried to count out Mercedes... Every time I've tried to say, well, maybe she's not as skilled as her opponent. Well, maybe uh, maybe she's not quite as good as I think she is. Every time that I've ever tried to discount her, she just shines. I mean, she walked out of WWE, and she knew it could cost her a lot. And uh, it took her a while to rebound. She ends up getting this shot because she's just that good. Um, this match with Kari, her and Kari, they're, they're both... They know each other from NXT days and and uh, WWE days, but uh, this you know, it was close to a five-star match. These two just let it all go, and it was so great. Congratulations to Mercedes Monet. I refuse to ever count you out anymore. Uh, I don't think I'll ever say another detrimental thing about you. I didn't before this anyway, but uh, congratulations to Mercedes. And... Uh, I have noticed that some of you have put her on that request list that you would like to have her on this show. I will do my best. That could be a reach with her being in Japan, but I will see what I can do. We'll see. But other than that, that is all the great action from this past week. Shout out to all you amazing people that make it so much fun to come on here 
each and every week and talk pro wrestling and MMA, two of my favorite things in the world. Actually, three of my favorite things if you count talking. I know some people got a good chuckle out of that. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to Strong Style. Here comes the Monet. We will see you guys next week. Go watch fighting. Go watch wrestling. Deuces, gooses.